So let's start with saying hello to everybody who's going to join us in this broad, this podcast that we're going to start. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm super excited. I'm super right. excited. So since we're in the manic stage, I'll start. <laughs> I'm Denise. I'm a social worker by education and by trade. I have always been fascinated with true crime, kind of why people do what they do and why, you know, what makes people tick, especially when they're doing things that are just, you know, what makes people kill? What makes people do that? Sorry, my computer's like, would you like to install this program now? No, I would not. I'm so glad you can edit this because... <laughs> Half the stuff will probably not get edited because it kind of brings out our personality. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> so I met Amanda through a mutual friend of ours. And that was, I want to say like seven years ago, we became friends. Five, six, at least, no, like 2015, I want to say we met. At least, yeah. At least. And we've been, we just kind of clicked at that point in time. And when Amanda posted on Facebook that she was looking for her true crime fans, I was like, bitch, right here, right here. Let's talk. Let's do this. You want to talk? You want to discuss these things? I'm all in. And that's when we decided we were going to do disturbing behaviors. Where I'm coming from is looking more at a societal impact. We all hear about the crimes. We hear about the perpetrators. But I want to talk more about the other impacts of it. Yes, we're going to talk about the crimes. But we're also going to talk about, you know, the childhood, the environments, society, laws, all of those things. And kind of what impact those crimes have had on others. And really, our method started... Uh, one of the cases we are going to be discussing is Craig Price. And I keep circling back to this because Craig Price happened when I was a teenager. It happened in my hometown. And it fascinated me because he changed the law. His actions actually changed Rhode Island law. So I wanted to talk about that. And I'm like, you know what? We always talk about, uh, you know, what they did. But we don't talk about why. And it's not to solicit sympathy for people. It's just to kind of try to understand and say, hey, is there a chance that we could prevent some of these things? It, what is, do, do laws help or do laws hinder? You know, that type of debate. Mm -hmm. So poor Amanda's like, yes, I'm all in. And well, I'm the crackhead. And she's like, yay, okay. <laughs> so that's, that's why I'm doing it. And that's kind of what you can expect. We will be doing four segments. We're going to talk about those type of things. We're going to talk about the history. We're going to talk about the crimes. We're going to talk about the laws and societal impact. And then we're also going to talk about media, uh, movies, music, any type of media that has happened relating to these events. That that's me. <laughs> Ms. Amanda, introduce yourself to the fine folks. All right. <laughs> I have a master's degree in forensic psychology, so I've always kind of been interested in what makes people tick. So I have worked both in the criminal sector. I got to take these off. I, it's just, it's throwing me off there. <laughs> um, so I've worked both. You know what? I can't do that because then I can't hear you. Let's try and take this out. There you can are. You, can you hear me now? Hello, sound check. Hello. I can, I can, but the problem is that now there's a delay. I just can't, I can't win. All right, let's try this again. Anyway, 
So um, I've worked in both the criminal sector and the psychiatric sector, so I kind of get have gotten to see it from both ends, which is kind of cool. And now these aren't even working. So anyway, that's pretty much me. I, you know, I got this idea for the podcast because I've been kind of religiously listening to podcasts while I'm at work every day. And there was a couple that I was listening to and I found myself arguing with the podcasters, even though they weren't, you know, I love when you like argue with people and they can't hear you like that. I do that all the time. And Dave's like, you're so crazy. Yes. Because, like, I'm on the TV going, no, stupid. Right. <laughs> so, it's like, no, that's not right. That's no, wrong. No, no. Listen, I've never heard so many wrong things at one I, time. You know? <laughs> so, so I thought, hey, I should start my own podcast where I can, you know, I can argue with Denise. And <laughs> Who doesn't want to argue with me? Come on Denise now. can argue back. I, I love it. I cannot listen, Mandy. You know I love you, but when God created me, He created the perfect trifecta of argument. I'm female, I am Irish, and I am a raging libertarian. I argue for fun. <laughs> it's a sport for me. We're gonna have so much fun doing this. I know. And I mean, I, even we have three listeners. I'm gonna have fun. So I, you know, me too. I gotta figure out my uh. I can figure out my whole sound thing because this is just not working out for me. <laughs> I am not having much luck. So that's me. And that's kind of what uh, got me started on this little train here. And, you know, Denise was just the crackhead to uh, do this with me because I knew she'd be fun. But, you know, so and I think, I think, too, that some of the other things that kind of make us a little bit different in our our approach to this is that we are both parents of children who are neurodivergent. Mm -hmm. So we have seen a lot of things in a different manner from people who don't have those challenges or don't have children who have additional needs where you're trying to navigate society. And you know what? I almost feel like sometimes that journey is very close to the people who do end up committing crimes. And when you look at the psychology of the people, mental health is the number one factor in what happens with crimes. I mean, yeah. that is, and our mental health system in America sucks. It's it doesn't awful. matter. It, 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 it is it, so it, bad. It's horrible. I talk a lot on my other social media platforms about my own mental health. And I talk about my challenges and it, it's just to normalize that uh, at the beginning here, I laughed and said, okay, you know, I'm entering that manic stage. You know, for the, like the past two and a half weeks, I was in that big sack. I couldn't mm -hmm. do anything. I didn't want to do anything. I was shut down. And that's organic. And people are like, oh, well, what do you Cheer have to chat about? Um, I'm lacking serotonin and dopamine. Thank you very fucking much. You know, like, but we still have a long way to go with that. And I think with you, with your child and me, with my child, even though they have different challenges, they might be under the same umbrella. Mm -hmm. It's different my child we did his his was completely different i mean he's in the army now he's yeah. neurodivergent and in the army and thriving and successful yeah he, really well. yeah he did and that was a lot of you know behavior modification so that and and i'm also neurodivergent which you know leads to the crackhead energy you know the little tangent <laughs> things like that <laughs> but it's also that perspective of the world of like I look at people and be like, why wouldn't 
our our mutual friend, the one who that introduced us, had COVID. She got COVID, and when she was down, I felt bad because she doesn't have. You know, when I had COVID, I at least I have Dave. Mm-hmm. You know, I had people and I had friends that were like, "What do you need? We'll send you stuff." You know, oh, uh, I took her soup and yeah, you know, and I, I know you took her groceries. Yeah, I, I would take her groceries and be like, I would drop them off at her door and be like, "Listen, redneck DoorDash has delivered." Yeah. You know, and it was. It blew my mind because one of my friends was around when Ray did not have Tylenol. She was having a fever. She was mm-hmm. like, I said, alternate between um, Motrin and Tylenol. Yeah, she's like, me you have Tylenol? She's like, no. I'm like, yeah. I'm on my way. <laughs> she's like a child because she doesn't. Well, like... She's, like a, she's like a cat. You know, they're pretty independent. <laughs> But they kind of need somebody checking on yeah. them. I mean, that's, and I love her to death. And I told her this. I tell her, I said, you're my stray cat. Yeah. Now, Dave is my stray dog, which means if I was not here to take care of that man, he oh. would die. Okay. Yeah. He would die. He'd end up in like a human shelter. That's what he would do because he would not be able to thrive. But I, um, when I went and I did all that, my a friend of mine who was who happened to be around, over at the time when that happened was like, you would do that for your friend? And I'm like, Yeah. You wouldn't. wouldn't. And she's like, well, I would, but I don't think I have anybody who would do that for me. And that just, that just puzzles me because I think it should be kind of what you do is, is to help people and to see in our crimes, when we talk about these crimes, when people do ask for help and when people do try to speak up, are they ignored? You know, kind of like, does anyone even listen to them? Is there anyone around? Yeah. Who's listening? And like, you know, now we're looking at all of these signs, but yet, even though we've gone through and like, you know, forensic psychologists have gone through and you look at like behavioral analysis from like the FBI, where they have said, okay, you know, if you look at these checklists, if you see, you know, fire starting, if you see abuse to animals, you know, that cruelty to animals, those are like red flags. If the parents have substance abuse disorders, that's a red flag. You know, there's, we can see all that we know what these are red flags, but nobody's listening. Does does anyone do anything about it? Yeah. You know, where are the interventions? There's a huge lack of interventions. I could go off on a whole rant about that. And that's kind of what we want to bring to this this podcast is to look at it from the other side and saying, you know, if we can go through all this and we can talk about society and psychology and things like that and that and I think the other thing we we need to talk about is what should you do? What's the yeah. appropriate response? If you're like, okay, uh, Timmy down the street has set fire to the house four times. You know, you're going to want to make sure that somebody is intervening. Maybe we should get him into counseling. Yeah. You know, maybe, you know, maybe we should start addressing that. Like, why are we setting fire? You know, like what's going on? And, you know, and then talk about can, can those type of tendencies be tunneled into, you know, directed into appropriate yeah. You know, okay, you like to set fires. Um, would you like to be a combat engineer in the military? Because you can blow shit up. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like like that type of thing where, you know, can if, if their interventions are there, can we we channel that energy to a positive? It is mm-hmm. would early interventions help? And then also conversely, how much does media impact things? I think you and yeah. I we, we talked about Columbine. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, yo, go ahead, honey. Oh, sorry. I no, I was just gonna say that. What's the difference between when these happened, say twenty, thirty years ago? Were there interventions even available at that time? 
exactly. How would things have been different today? Yes. If those interventions are available. Mm -hmm. And and that's like, yeah, I mean, that's it. We haven't, when we're going to start the first, our first person we're going to talk about when we get, we get to that is going to be Eileen Warnos. And it was just a completely different society back then. Like Mm -hmm. when she was born and when she was growing up and what she went through. Was and this is kind of the case that actually spawned this podcast mm-hmm. because I heard a an ex FBI profiler say that this was the reason that she committed the crimes and I'm sitting there screaming at the computer going I don't agree with you I don't think that's right so I I need my own platform <laughs> yeah yes. yeah and I and I also wonder you know how much are they looking into all of those contributing factors you know and i think we have in as a society what i think has happened is that we have become so much of an all or nothing approach to things Mm -hmm. i talk about police reform as a raging libertarian i have a lot to say about laws i have a lot to say about police reform and what happens what blows my mind is that people are like nope the police are fine is people who need to change. And I'm like, you do realize that police are comprised of people, right? Like I've seen the same thing. But do you understand that we can look at a problem and say this is a multifaceted issue that needs to have multiple interventions in order for it to change? Right. But yet you start talking about that. You start saying, you know, you try to have that conversation with the average person. And they're like, nope, 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 nope. It's this one thing. And it's like, okay. It's a chain reaction. Mm. Yes. Yes, I like that chain reaction. You're right. So, I mean, I think there's a lot of that. And that's a lot of the things that we're going to address in this, in, in the, this podcast. We have their website. Miss Amanda here is our tech person. She got Yay. us a, 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 a Facebook group, a web page. Twitter account. Twitter. Oh, uh, Instagram. Oh. I did it all. <laughs> yes, you are amazing. And you want to tell everybody about our reoccurring special guest? Oh, this will be fun. So I have a very good friend who is a pretty prominent uh, criminal defense attorney here in Fort Myers. Uh, his name is Spencer Cordell, and he will be on the episodes when we discuss the laws and the psychological impacts so we're very excited to have him and i think a lot of the questions we're going to want to know is how would you have defended this person if this crime had occurred today like Mm -hmm. what would your defense strategy be Mm -hmm. i want to talk about laws that that help that might have helped um and laws that definitely had a negative impact. Oh, definitely. Um, and I know Spencer and I got to talk a little bit yesterday at Bullets and Barbecue. So he's definitely going to be, that, those are going to be the episodes. If you listen to nothing else, you're going to want to listen to me. <laughs> you are going to want to listen to those because Spencer's very vocal and so is Denise. So I know Denise is looking forward to arguing with them quite a bit. <laughs> oh my God, it's on my calendar. Argue with Spencer. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's a criminal defense attorney and a raging libertarian who is an anarchist at heart. You're going to want those. It's going to be a shit show. It's going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to be like, what the fuck Mm -hmm. are these people talking about? (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, and that talking more about self, I said I'm a social worker. That's what I have my degree in. I'm a mom. I have four 
wonderful children. I raised three men and one daughter. I have, I'm a proud Mima. I have two beautiful grandsons. I love them more than life itself. I have a significant other. We've been together for 14 years. I haven't killed him yet. So I might be part of a, an upcoming podcast when we're going to discuss my behavior. So <laughs> yes, I know you and Spencer both told me yesterday. Don't say that out loud. It's premeditated. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Hence the reason I don't like to make uh, plans for the day Yeah, because yeah. they, you know, premeditated could get thrown around. Yeah. I hate they just toss that word around. I, right? So right. I, it wasn't premeditated. I just made plans just kind of happened and I just happened to have thought about it before. So it just crossed my mind once or twice. We're just, I'm going to chalk it up to intrusive thoughts. So we're going to, we'll do that. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, the and mental I'm, health defense. <laughs> yes. And when I talk about these things, I'm also the feral friend of the group. I live out in the middle of nowhere, five dogs. So yep. In the middle of nowhere. And I love it. So it's so eventually we're going to have outtakes of Denise yelling at her five dogs to shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the, and telling Piper the voices in her head are not real. So, because you know her, she's just like, oh, I heard something. It's like, yeah, that she little walnut brain. She doesn't know that. How many times do I have to tell you that? <laughs> she does not understand. To her, they're very real. Oh, I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are. She's just very special. Or <laughs> no, and actually, hey. no, I don't have any of them in here with me. I Be do nice have both clients, though. I am nice to your client. <laughs> <laughs> it's Mama who's not nice to your client, but Mama's yeah. not nice to anyone. So <laughs> that's where he's problem. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> not your issue. <laughs> That's Ray's client, not mine. That's not my client. So <laughs> I don't know. I think I think we might have some uh, comedy ones. I might do my uh, farmland reports on here. Oh, so, those are hysterical. Yeah, I love we'll, those. We'll do that. I think, but I do think that maybe we should like have like little comedy bits about those things where we oh, can yeah. do that. Um, we um we're also going to be doing when we have a little time left at the end of the month we're going to be doing disturbing science yes and if this does well we will have a spinoff called disturbing behaviors urban legends so we're very excited about that i'm excited about that i'm excited about the science ones um when yeah. we get to do those those are going to be interesting because it's more about the psychological science and kind of the great psychological operations, especially that our government has done. I, <laughs> again, you're going to want to listen to the libertarian, discuss, you know, the psychological bullshit going on with the government yeah. because that's going to be a conspiracy theorist. Uh, the different, I'm going to tell you right now, the difference between a conspiracy theorist and the truth is six months. Okay, because I'm going to go back. I can go back and start going, hey, at the beginning when they started talking about having a vaccine, fucking libertarians and anarchists were screaming they're going to make them mandatory. And everybody's like, oh, my God, you're a conspiracy theorist. Where are we now? I take apologies in forms of uh, PayPal, Venmo, and Cash App. Thank you. Yes. Okay. I thought you called it. You need to leave your for that. You know? So, yes. I love when people call me a conspiracy theorist because then in, like, you know, three, four, anywhere from three to six months, I'm like, oh, 
Yeah, and I'm not somebody who's like, oh my god, I hate to tell you, say I told you so. Oh no, I fucking live for that shit. I live for the I told you so. I do. I sit there and go, oh, oh, wait a minute, what was that? Rewind, hold up, pump the brakes. What? What was what? What did yeah. I say three months ago? Hmm. Hmm. Let me pull up my Facebook where I made this post and you fucking <laughs> argued with me. Huh? Huh? Let's hear. It. I was right. Let me hear it. Let me see. I want to hear it. Thank you. A little louder for the people in the back. Yes, I fucking live for it. So the conspiracy theory ones and the psychological and the science ones, I'm looking forward to those. That's like right up there. That's right below arguing with Spencer. Yeah. But I would love to have Spencer involved in those ones too. So uh, I think probably that would be, get a kick out of that. Yes. So, but yes, in talking about like, I, I, I have, oh my God, I could probably do a whole entire podcast entirely, like talk nonstop about that. So that's going to be fun. I'm yeah. excited. I'm, I'm excited. So excited. <laughs> Hopefully you um, are too. Oh so. yes. I, and it, it's, it's going to be great because on Twitter and the Facebook and the website, you know, we do want to hear from people who are like, Hey, you know, talk about some of the lesser known crimes. Maybe there's something in your area or something that impacted you. We'd love to hear about it. Love to look into it. Oh, definitely. Uh, dive. And also it's not just solved cases. It's a lot of the unsolved cases. Uh, yesterday, we remember we had the whole conversation about missing people, especially yeah. missing children, yeah. and how we don't hear about it, you know, and maybe bring a little more attention to what that is and how, like, the, the fact is, is that the children of color, children of immigrants, children of poverty are not discussed at the rate that... <laughs> The middle right. class and the rich children are talked about when they go missing. When they yeah, go missing, yeah, because we were talking they're... about Gabby yeah. Petito and Lauren Tomolo, who we thought they had found her body the other day, and it turned out not to be her. So yeah. you know, but we're hearing about those blonde-haired, blue-eyed girls, and you know, the mm -hmm. minority children are just not getting the same attention. Mm -hmm. And you you look at indigenous people, you look at you know, women of color, people of color, we, we don't hear about that. And the only time we really hear about crimes that are in communities that are primarily people of color is when the media is trying to spin shit, you know, and they're trying to say, oh, look how horrible this is. And they're trying to blame one political party blame over the victim. another. Yeah, yeah. Or the victim or blaming the victim or victim, you know, shaming, well, you know, What'd you expect living in that neighborhood? And it's like, or, you know, you know did you mentality. see the clothes she had on before she went oh, missing? Like, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Yes. And that's, oh, yeah. We'll get into all of yeah. that. And that's pretty entertaining. Because <laughs> I'm certainly, I'm sure shit not going to hold my opinion back on that. Yes, and she never does. I never, <laughs> feral, okay? You know? <laughs> and I'm allowed out into the community. So, I mean, there you go. <laughs> Good squad. It's literally your dad. He lives here. <laughs> Fucking oh, idiots. I swear to God. so bright. <laughs> oh my God. Somebody's coming in the back door. Oh, it's dad. Dad's been outside. We know dad's been outside. Piper. Piper. Quit licking the floor. <laughs> That's your client over there, by the way. Hi. I'm aware. Okay. She doesn't have to be smart. <laughs> <laughs> no, Noe. No. No, thank you. Leave the cat alone. So, just <laughs> random. 
when I was going to school for my master's degree, I had this advisor that was constantly telling us that the FBI really wanted people with our backgrounds. So my degree is officially in uh, forensic behavior analysis. So, you know, upon graduation, the FBI never came calling. So I was very upset. So I just assumed that they lost my address. I still haven't heard from them. It's been about nine years. <laughs> I, you know, I was I, very I upset. I would take that shit personally at this point in time. You, I, you know, know, I think I was, you've been ghosted. I, I, I'm starting to get a complex. I, it's not, it's not fair. You know, it was the main reason I went for this degree because I wanted to work for the FBI and they never came knocking. So, okay. Well, you know, my, my stand, of course, my standard response is fuck the feds, but you know, I know that, (laughs) but I wanted to be one. And you know, what's funny is that I literally, I did too. When I, when I had my oldest son, I was actually in college and I was studying uh, psychology and I really wanted to become a behavior analysis. I wanted to study the killers and, and, and the, the sociopaths and the psychopaths. And I wanted, you know, that was just fascinating to me. And I was going to go for that degree. I really was. And my, my parents were so against it and they were just like, psychology is bullshit. And, and just to preface, no, just to preface this and it's understanding I'm gen X, I'm a generation Mm -hmm. X person. And my dad was born the last year of the silent generation. And my mom was born in the first year of the boomer generation. So she was more like, you know, silent generation light, but I mean, that's, those were, it's their mentality and a lot of like the crimes and stuff like that that we're talking about are their parents and like their upbringings and that mentality of like no i mean my mother has a master's degree in clinical laboratory science this is not an uneducated woman but still because of the way she was raised it was like no psychology is is gibberish it's bullshit you know, and of course, all the del- the satanic nonsense that satanic hysteria, oh, satanic the 80s, panic, yes, yeah. back in in the eighties, didn't help bring any type of validity to psychology for them, right? And I see that because I work with the elderly, which is basically like my parents' age group and and older. Where when you start mentioning psychology to them, they're like, nope. Nope. Yeah. They're, they're very resistant to it because of kind of that, that, that still, that stigma that still goes on to this day Oh yeah, where it's like, Oh no. Oh no. You know, there's like, what's, you're going to see a psychologist. What's wrong with you? Whereas we should really have it normalized that you go to see a psychologist just like you go to see your primary care doctor. Like you would go to a chiropractic, you would go to an, or if you broke your knee, you would go to an orthopedic, you know? So Mm -hmm. it should be the same thing, but it was them being so absolutely negative about it and saying that was a bullshit degree. You aren't going to do anything else with that. So then I said, well, I'll get a degree in social work. Now that's where they should have said that's a bullshit (laughs) fucking degree. You ain't going to make any goddamn money. You're going to be frustrated. You're going to smoke a shit ton of weed to get through your fucking life because you're dealing with people who are in cro- constant chronic crisis, you know, in, but I love what I do. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's, that's also part of like, you know, and I work with a very vulnerable population. I work with people who do get victimized. 
who are right. victimized by the system. They are victimized by by stupid, archaic laws. The system, the healthcare system itself. Yeah, that's a whole nother rant. And, and we're going to have that on one of our science things. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I want to save some of those things, but... <laughs> Don't get, don't play all the cards out on the table right now. I'm trying to. I don't play yes. poker for a reason. You know? well, I, you know, come on. Like I said, female, Irish, and libertarian is all going to come out. Uh, <laughs> you don't, I don't mask my feelings very well. No. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. So, but it's just, I, I, so then I went into social work, but I, in taking targeted social work. I mean, I went to Rhode Island College School of Social Work. It's an accredited school of social work. I it, I have an actual degree in social work. And I've taken enough psychology and enough sociology to actually have a minor in psychology if I pursued that. Mm-hmm. But no, we'll have a I have a whole nother rant about college later on anyhow. But I mean, I graduated with my bachelor's degree three days before my second son was born. So, and it's, it's funny because now um, my daughter was the only one who chose college. My oldest boys chose to go uh, trade, which is great. My, my oldest son is actually makes more than me, which again, bullshit degree. Uh, (laughs) But, and then, you know, bugs in the army, but my daughter, it was funny because she's like, she's going through this and, you know, she has said, you know, I can't, she, she didn't say it to me. She said it to um, her aunt. Well, her honorary auntie was like, you know, I can never have like a bullshit excuse not to graduate college because my mom did it with a toddler and pregnant. Mm-hmm. And I'm I like, did it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. With yeah. a toddler with pregnant with two mm-hmm. kids. Yeah. 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 Like I said, and I was like, Oh, and at that time my ex-husband was currently in the Navy at that time. So I was doing it largely on my own because he was on deployment a mm-hmm. lot of the time. Ouch. So Yeah. Yeah, he, I mean, when, when Bug was born, he got six weeks off, and then he was gone for three months. Wow. He, he literally, no, yeah, he was he was gone. He got, like, a couple weeks off. He got to be home. He was there for the birth, and then he shipped out. And it was like, I was there with, the to- with a toddler and a baby. And, yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, yeah, I, like, I yeah, had a full-time job right. when I got... Mm-hmm. I had a full-time job when I got mine, you know, plus I had a family. So, mm-hmm. you know, definitely not easy. And I totally understand where you're coming from too, because that couldn't have been easy. No. So that, yeah, it, it, no excuse. excuse. No excuse, you know, but you know, she, but see, she learned from her mom because she did not get a bullshit degree. She's got a degree in biochemistry. So she's yeah. going to do something. Now, the, the thing is, is that my kids are all like raging anarchists themselves. So I figure if she gets with her brother, I'm going to be back on an FBI watch list. That's all I have to say. <laughs> back. So, I, I mean, that's, you're that's, not still? That's, well, I don't know because I was actually able to get on a plane. But I will tell this story because I think the story is kind of funny. And just to get, I think it's the unique perspective we're going to bring to this. My daughter is gifted. I actually had a stroke when I was eight months pregnant with her. And I laugh about it now because I have dark humor. Hello, social worker. We're a little crazy. (laughs) And I always say it's a stroke. It was a stroke of genius because she is gifted. I mean, her IQ is in the freaking stratosphere. She doesn't have the common sense God gave a billy goat. But her brain, I mean, like she can do physics in her head. She can do all this complex shit in her head. You know, we'll sit there and call the the hood the front trunk. But, you know, God love her. So she got, she did the IB program 
at Dunbar High School. She was the part of the first graduating class of IB at Dunbar High School. And she was the third in her class. And it was the hundredth place that divided the top three students. It was 5.54 and it was that third number that changed, that was, and they were one apart that kept, that was the top three students. Wow. So she got invited to go to Brown University between her junior and senior year. They sent out an invitation. We filled out the application and she got accepted into it. And she took, it was disease pathologies and epidemics. And she was taking this, it was like a three week course that she took. And it was, it was intensive because it was every single day, Monday through Friday. She was, it was a college level course at Brown University and she made top student. She came from ghetto ass Dunbar High School. And if y'all don't know, we're in Florida. So look up Dunbar High School. And yes, I mean, ghetto ass, but it's a good school. I'm going to tell you that right now. I, I, I have nothing but respect for that school. And Mr. Burnside, who is the principal there, he is the only principal I have encountered in my children going to school that I actually respect and I did not make cry. Ohio, on the other hand, they can kiss the entirety of my ass and I have no apologies for <laughs> terrorizing them because they were incompetent. Anyhow, so she goes to Brown University. She's studying all of these pathologic, you know, pathogens and, and all this stuff. And they told her, you know, you need to go back and thank your biology teacher because you were the most prepared student here. Here she is competing against people who spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on the kids' education. And my child's at Dunbar High School and top student. So I did buy her her biology teacher a bottle of vodka because I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I know my kids, you're going to want to drink. So <laughs> so she's uh, she comes home from that and she's all hyped up because it was just a really positive experience for her. So she's in her room on her laptop on the CDC website looking up things like Ebola you know, and oh, smallpox and things like that. Now, Bug, who's in the army now, is in his room on his laptop downloading shit like the anarchist cookbook and EMPs <laughs> and shit like that, okay? Now, at this same time, my dog, Bailey, contracted parvovirus. She survived. It was ugly. Vaccinate your dogs before you take them out in public. But the only thing that kills Parvo is bleach. I bought nine gallons of bleach. Now, obviously, this is well before the pandemic and y'all figured out bleach existed. But I bought nine gallons of bleach because you had to treat, uh, you know, we have other dogs and none of the other dogs ended up coming down with it. And again, vaccinate your dogs. I was slow on vaccinating Bailey, which is why she ended up with Parvo. But I bought nine gallons so we could treat the yard. We could treat the house. We, I mean, we treated everything i it smelled like a public pool i mean it was bad and i sat there and i said bug was telling me that he was looking up something like making a targeted emp pulse like he thought that would be a really good weapon again he's now the army's problem not mine so i sat there and i said you know what you're gonna i said i'm gonna you guys are gonna fuck around i'm gonna get on a list he's like mom you just bought nine gallons of bleach at once he goes i'm pretty sure there's a van sitting down the end of the road <laughs> And I'm like, I kind of laugh, but I'm like, shit, it's all coming from the same IP address. I've got this one looking up path, you know, biological warfare, you know, and I'm like literally going, okay, to the FBI agent assigned to me, I flunked chemistry. That's why I'm a social worker. Okay. Like, I swear to God. 
I don't know. And the next time I went to go fly on a plane, which was several years later, it was for Bugs graduation from AIT boot camp. And, and, and I know somebody in the military is going to be like, it's boot camp slash AIT. Yeah, I know. I put it in the wrong order. I don't care. <laughs> Y'all knew what the fuck I meant. So I like, I bought the tickets. I'm all excited. And like, I get to the airport and I'm like, I don't know if they're going to let me on the plane. <laughs> I actually had that legit thought because like, you know, are they still like, oh my, and then, you know, but prior to my buying that and after they were looking at all this shit, you know, that's when Dave and I, we dropped Kate off at college and we, we downsized out here to the farm where, you know, we're in the middle of nowhere. We're on six and a half acres of land. And I'm like, they're probably going, oh shit, those rednecks have isolated, you know, here we go. Watch them for fertilizer purchases. Like, you know. I just didn't know. So, like, I got to the airport and I was like, I'm handing them my driver's license and like my ticket. And I'm like, and I told Dave because he wasn't going, he was dropping me off. I'm like, hang out in the parking lot for a minute. Like, <laughs> so, did they pull you aside the and strip search you? No, I don't. No, like literally nothing happened. They were like, okay, have a nice flight. And like, I got on the plane and I was like, but yeah, I, and I, and to this day, every time I fly, every time I buy a ticket, and I go to the airport, I still have that thought in my head, like, <laughs> you know, is this going to be one of those times they're going to be like, yeah, you know, and I mean, I need to I, search I, your bag. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, and I, I see dumb, not stupid. I don't pack anything that would, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I mean, wherever I go, I have my weed connection. So like, I don't take that shit with me because again, dumb, not stupid. Okay? So, so one of these days you're just going to get a visit from Homeland Security. I'm waiting <laughs> on that. I really am. I think the only thing that works in my favor is the fact that I never been arrested. I have a level two ACA backgrounds clearance and it's kind of like, you know, I mean, yes, is my hobby trolling and calling out politicians on Twitter and Facebook? Absolutely. I enjoy that. That That's fun for me. You've been in Facebook jail more than once. I mean, uh, more than once, yeah. Insane, yeah, but... kind of chronically. My, I, I, I've been uh, slacking off of my Facebook recently just because I have, I'm starting to notice the little warning signs that you get before you get a, <laughs> catch a ban. And I'm like, you know what? Listen, I've been nice. I mean, I'm not allowed to comment on Occupy Democrats anymore. <laughs> I can see their posts, but I can't comment. Yeah, the 2020 election was really a lot of fun for me. <laughs> um, you know, before they kicked Trump off, I couldn't comment on any of his shit. I was, I was blocked oh, from that. Right. I couldn't, can't comment on any of... Uh, I can comment on President Biden's shit. I'm waiting for that to oh, come to a screeching. Yeah, I was gonna say that's not gonna last. Oh, but that's fun. That's fun. Because yeah. <laughs> so, so Ray Rara left her 20 gauge here. And Dave's cleaning it and taking it apart and everything else. So Did she something he's been looking purpose? forward to since she picked it up. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's a little side note. Yeah. Yeah. And I live with Mr. You know, let's buy as many guns as possible. So, you know, I'm sure we're on the radar. Okay. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. it makes for a good bullets and barbecue. It is, you know, but then again, you know, they're, they're probably like, how many guns do y'all need? And it's like, well, every time the government tells me I don't need one, I buy <laughs> I one. one. You know, I have to thank you for that. But yeah, like I said, that 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 stuff's still in my my head when I go. And uh, yeah, so every time I go to fly, I'm like, is today the day? <laughs> <laughs> is today the day they have finally officially labeled me a domestic a terrorist. terrorist? And I yeah. 
And I do, you know, and I think that's funny because, you know, that was the whole thing. It was like, well, libertarians are domestic terrorists. Yes, because we don't want the government involved in shit they shouldn't be involved in. Oh my God, the horrors of wanting us freedom to express yourself. And like, listen, it's not the government's business who you marry. That's you. Yeah. Whatever you. Well, it's what like saying that fans of ICP are a gang. Yeah. And that, okay. No, hold on. Interruption time because I got to look at weapons here. Hold on. Let me get my. Uh-oh. Let me get my glasses because I'm old. <laughs> oh, it's a project for the redneck. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I think that brings us to the end of today's episode. I hope you enjoyed the introductions and don't forget to join us next week when we start talking about Eileen Warnos. Thank you.